The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince Lococo. It is a beautiful night here in Louisville and From the Pink Seats Podcast. It's hot as shit, though. Like, it is so hot that you walk outside and you immediately need to change your shirt and your pants and and your undergarments. Like, it needs to happen immediately. That's how you're living in Louisville right now. Bob Beatty would still have football practice. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. it. No water is probably what they no would do water. to you as well, right? Because <laughs> yeah. water apparently prevents you from being a man say, on the football the field. Titan, what do they say? Water is weak. <laughs> See, it's what I'm saying, man. What is that- fatigue? Army clothes. <laughs> Well, we've got a great show here on From the Peak Seats Podcast. I'm Jacob Lane. That's Vincent Lococo, not Bobby Petrino. I uh, just want to make sure we know that, as noted by Vince's name here in the Zoom. No Matt McGavick tonight. Again, we keep it rolling. Vince and I are just holding it down on the show as we uh, inch closer and closer to football season as we record this on a Monday night, uh, a late night edition of From the Pink Seats Podcast. Pink Seats After Dark. Don't Google that. I do not Google that. That seems oh, like something that would bring oh, up some no. really bad results don't for you. At do least it. don't do it or on do your work it. computer. Or I mean, you could. And, Let add, us and add Jacob Lane 08 on Twitter. <laughs> he'll retweet all of them. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but we, uh, we've we got a great episode. Uh, as I mentioned, we're getting closer and closer to the, the, to the season, 11 days away as we record. Uh, it's just unbelievable to think that we're going to get to watch some football this weekend as week zero approaches, and we're going to have – uh, some of the the traditional week zero games going on, but I guess that's a thing now. Like I said, I want Louisville to be in week zero. That would be so much fun if we could get I, a game. I celebrate week zero. I don't know about you, Jacob. I oh yeah, no, we definitely we go balls to the wall. We're gonna have college like, football decorations. It's kind of like my preseason. You know what I mean? Like I get up and I like I get my coffee going. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do to set my Saturday up. You know, to have a good day and. Yeah, it's it's the preseason for the fans. Okay, so it's a fan preseason. I like this. So it's yes. it's good practice for you, right? Yes, there, good, I, good I don't practice. know if there is college game day, but you can still get up and watch something in yes, place of it. Just listen to our exactly. podcast during that yeah. time, as if you were you can watch it on YouTube, even on your better, television. even better. Exactly right. From the Pink Seeds podcast, you can subscribe to the show anywhere that you get your shows from. You can find us on YouTube as well, as I mentioned, at the State of Lou, um, and you can listen to the show and get prepared for college football. Uh, I don't have the schedule put up in front of me, but I believe. 
believe that uh, either Army or Navy, one of those two teams, opens the season. And then I think you have Notre Dame on the schedule as well. Or USC, I think, plays that night game. So you got some ranked action, potential number one draft pick, potential yeah. Heisman Trophy. I can't repeat. see what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do with uh, Caleb Williams. You know, probably the same thing he did with Johnny Manziel, which is winning a Heisman Trophy, but only win like eight games. Okay. <laughs> We've before we get into our guests, we are not going to be solo tonight on the show as we talk Louisville football. We're going to be joined by Eric McLean of the ACC Network, host of the Gramlick and McLean podcast. We've got a lot to do- to dive into again because uh, with Eric, because nationally relevant. Louisville football is what we're here for. Like we've been waiting for this for a while, uh, but Louisville football has never been nationally relevant enough where they're going to go spend a segment on it on a, on ESPN ACC Network in the last five years. Like it's not happened since Lamar Jackson. Well, we had that. Uh, no, 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 no. no. I'm not Record scratch. Right. We exactly. had the uh, all access Scott Satterfield in 2019, which was really cool, man. Don't get me wrong. I that, like that's I fell in love with Dale Jones uh, in that. In that oh, uh, that episode, yeah, that's too bad he fantastic. Left. I know, man. Uh, and I also was just blown away with the size of Mackay Becton. There is a shot in that episode where he is standing next to Dwayne Ledford, who is no small man uh, as an offensive lineman himself. And Mackay Becton looks like at double the size. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, that thing was a pain in the butt. I just ha- constantly having to tell tell him, just like chill. I'm trying to work. Like I need yeah. to. Like, quit asking me questions. I need They're, to work, you know. Right, because they followed you everywhere. Like oh, everywhere. I couldn't even use the restroom, Jacob. No, they had they had a camera that was just Lococo. Like, follow Lococo wherever he goes. Yes, we need that footage, that footage uh, lost sure. in the archives. Yeah, they just <laughs> chew 15 times a day, just pouring Frank's coffee. Like, you know, they're, they're just berating you. Coffee, bitch, you know, in the background. <laughs> and you're just like. It's so, like the so office be- scenes where I, like, turn the corner and I'm like throwing a thumbs up like good job (laughs) yeah exactly right exactly but i did but before we dive into talking with eric you brought up cliff kingsbury and i want to spend a couple of minutes just talking about the johnny manziel documentary because i know we're both big football fans we both are of course college football fans um, and both were you know at different ages of our of our lives and um, our football journeys when johnny manziel was going on you know i had to think about the fact that that was when i was you know right getting into college you know i was a sophomore freshman when that was happening and it's just really interesting to think how how far back that was i mean what you would have been in in a seventh grade or no uh freshman uh, uh, what year was that that would have been 2012, 2013. So yeah, same, same time. Still, yeah, high, yeah, high school. But uh, I mean, I thought it could have been longer. I tweeted that out. Like it could have did the four part series, like how they did with how they're about to do with Florida. Uh, but man, it was so cool to like go into detail of his life like that. I mean, you already knew kind of like the gist of everything because it was so well documented throughout, you know, his life and every and stuff. But I mean. You'd be lying at any kid that was playing football around that time if they said they didn't want to be like Johnny Football. I mean, like everybody was rocking those Adidas socks. That's when Adidas socks came cool. Like people were, I mean, never. Yeah, the money hand signs, everything, man. People just gravitated towards him. And it was weird to see the anxiety of all that take place. And you saw it in his face after the Alabama game. You hear you remember hearing his mom talk over Jacob and she's like, and I saw it in his face. Stuff changed right there. And I mean, you really when you listen to her, his mom say that and you look at him on the screen, you're like, okay, something right here clicked and it wasn't good. Yeah, the story is it's one that's pretty sad, man. When you when you just listen to him talk about it and um 
see what was a, what was on the table for him and what opportunities existed in terms of being, you know, he could have been Steph Curry to the NFL in terms of just the style of play. Think about like how Steph just came in. It looked like a regular dude, right? Johnny Manziel is 5'10", 5'11", but the way he played was just a different style that really, you know, of course there was Brett Favre and there were guys who scrambled and ran around, but not like that, not at that size, not that with that particular skill. Like it's just, it was insane. I mean, it 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 was just oh, I forgot where I was gonna say on that. Oh man, he. Uh, mm. Well, it's how about, about how about how about all right? We'll talk. We'll go with this. Last thing on the Johnny documentary. How awesome is his boy, his like best friend or ex best friend, who he better have reconciled with after the show, and his grandpa, like two absolute legends. His grandpa didn't even have a line in the show. He just smiled at the camera for like 0.2 seconds of a scene and it was awesome. Do you remember that? I you, definitely yeah. remember that. And he said yeah. he was like my grandpa, good thing my grandpa is a G. And yeah, I was good like, thing my grandpa's a G. Like smiled and winked at the camera and that's it. Done. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's so much Lacoco in that moment right there. Like it's it, incredible. That's the vibes that I picked up for real. But Oh, I know, was going to say it was like he almost needed no media. Jacob, like imagine him with like out of media world around him. It's like right. he's just a quarterback that wanted to drink beer and have fun. Exactly right. Like that's what you want, and I guess in and like a buddy football player, but not for the like leading the face of your franchise and your or football program. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. my my last thing before we transition here and talk a little bit about Louisville before we bring in Eric was, dude, like maybe this is the mentality of most football coaches, and I think this is what a lot of people have wrong with the sport and the mentality. But I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was they were really like as a family and friends talking about the concern of what Johnny Manziel was doing in his final year at Texas A&M, how he was going out, um, you know, how he essentially was flying to different cities and then flying back for games and just all this stuff. And they asked, you know, a question of why didn't anybody try to stop him or why didn't anybody do anything? And Cliff Kingsbury with his freaking smirk of a smile in that big ass house that he's now been fired from two different jobs to pay for. Like, <laughs> he's just like, I don't know, man. Johnny, football, Johnny football. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do. If he plays football and he's good and he's not getting in trouble, I don't really see it as my fault. When in reality, like, you have somebody – And again, maybe this is just football in the world that we live in, but you have somebody, I think, just reading between the lines, maybe it's really good produced content, but it seems like somebody is screaming with their hands up, throwing the, you know, throwing up red flags that there are major issues in this person's life that are bigger than football. And you're like, man, well, we're winning games, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't, I I think, talk about it like this, like you don't think of it as a problem until, you know, like they say, until it becomes a problem. Until there's no winning, until there's no, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns, 100 rushing against Alabama, there's no more of that. Now it's just you're excessively drinking and you're partying and stuff like that. People winning, people say it all the time, winning takes care of everything. It it sucks, but you just don't, I don't think you notice it like that. You don't notice, you look at it as like, oh, that's, that's Jacob out there being quarterback, drinking beer with his buddies on, you know, on the back end. But I don't know. The influence of the high school and the, the you know, military-like um, way of operations. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I've seen with my own little kids and as I've grown up with my own story of rebellion and, you know, now watching a two-year-old and a five-year-old, the stricter you are, the more pounding your fists of expecting a certain type of behavior, the more the person wants the, the inner 
the inner spirit wants to rebel and wants to go against what they're being told to do. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that Johnny Manziel came from that military-like background and goes into Texas A&M and, and gets a hint of freedom. And then all of a sudden, it's about everything, you know, that's not the football or not whatever that he was yeah, doing before. See, I thought I thought the opposite. I text my dad and I'm like, I wonder how his career would have went if he would have went somewhere like in Alabama or, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of places right, with like good cultures. Right, you know that place is like a cult. Like it that is, place but is he got like... the freedom to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, facts, you know what yeah, I'm saying. True, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. he, it's not as if like he was rebelling from these rules and guidelines. I mean, he did obviously with some of the things that he did and taking money. Of course, I understand that. I'm not stupid to that. But just in terms of, you know, you go from that being told exactly where you're where you have to be what you have to do exactly how you have to do it to now all of a sudden just doing whatever the f you want whenever you want and winning because you know you're good at football and then you know having everything else that comes with it this is really fascinating i can't wait for the four-part florida series uh, i think that's fascinating and i've been told that you're in that you're in serious negotiations to for a tell-all of 2018 can you confirm that here <laughs> from the <untold laughs> stories it's Vince's what? untold story of 2018. What, what, what's it going to be called? Lamar Jackson of untold heights to newfound crashes. <laughs> there you go, man. You are producing the content for ESPN or, or for untold. And you can just see it now, that. all the highlights and just fading away <laughs> into dust. Man, and here comes really a buzzer to save Mate, it all. Look, there are some <laughs> stories that Louisville football could have, right? You could have the wakey leaks. That could be a story on untold stories. That's a that is Bro, a the past of a 20 story. years of our athletic department is a story in itself. Oh, no doubt. But when you're talking no, about the football program no specifically, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, let's talk Louisville football. Um, and let's not talk about drum off the field or 2018. <laughs> let's bring some better vibes and juju into this into the show right Good now. Good vibes. Good vibes. From the Pink Seats podcast at Pink Seats Pod on Twitter, you can uh, follow along, uh, interact with us there, and of course follow us uh, at the State of Lou on Twitter. And stateoflouisville.com is the home and where you can find all the State of Louisville content, both written and audio. Big shout out to our partners and supporters, Kern's Corner, uh, for keeping us going and bringing all the content as well as uh, some others. And we're excited to some unveil some new sponsors joining the the roster this fall. Uh, but let's talk some Louisville football. Um, we we did the episode last week with John Powell. Great episode. Really enjoyed that perspective. And and Card Chronicle, man, they have got the super team. Like it's just un. They are just awesome. losing with talent. Yeah, and just the guys I wanna, like that, man. I want to have a Sunday like hoedown with John and just drink beers and you know bring him like a whole thing of game notes. Just be like, John, what do you think about this stuff? Yeah, just chatting it up on Louisville football 2017 season opener or what you all thought about that game, but a great perspective <laughs> on the season. And and as Keith Wynn pointed out on Twitter, no one better from a Louisville perspective to talk to about Purdue because of his ties to Purdue. He wanted to be an astronaut when he grew up is what I heard in between the lines, because you know, that's Purdue's got a great, uh, I don't, it's not astronomy, right? That's not what they call when you're going to be an astronaut. What do they I call didn't. that? I thought it was just engineering. Maybe that is. But I don't know. It, but this, not is why, this is why we went to Louisville, Jacob. <laughs> right. this is, this is we why. clearly did not go to the speed school <laughs> portion of Louisville. We're both SPAD majors, probably, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> we, we know What's my minor? What's my minor, Jacob? Communication, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, that's a devil helping of that here. That's right. We both just wanted to get through college, man. That's all. Uh, we got that there. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot going on as we inch closer and closer to the season, uh, particularly getting ready for Georgia Tech. Jeff Brom uh, talked to the media this week and uh, really just continued to hammer home that Louisville has taken big steps forward and um, are, are ready to really attack the season. I think just reading between the lines uh, and seeing kind of the content that they're producing and just some of the things he's saying, I think it's just as much about scheme and um, you know, just how you play on the field. Like that's important, but also I'm hearing a lot of how they carry themselves, the way that their mental makeup is being mentally and physically tough. I think that's just an element that you can say it as a coach. Like I feel like Satterfield didn't go in there and wasn't like, guys, don't be tough. You know, like he didn't say that, you know, he went in there and obviously Nick Cardwell's getting everybody juiced up and Dwayne Ledford slamming his head on a locker. And Mark Ivy is, you know, probably holding somebody in the toilet and giving them a swirly, just yeah, football. But like, <laughs> you got to live that toughness out and the way that you carry yourself. And it seems like Louisville is adopting that approach, which is just so exciting. Uh, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed hearing what uh, Eric had to say on Brian Hudson. Whenever they had him on uh, on their show, uh, Brian's just an intriguing guy to listen to and to pick his mind. And, you know, hearing the intensity and in his thought process going into this year, uh, having to lead that offensive line, losing guys like Caleb Chandler and Adonis Boone, and uh, how we're going to fill those roles. Uh, so it's it, it was fun. It was my first time actually uh, hanging out with Eric. Jacob? No, I did not know that. That's a fun yeah. fact. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the interview that you're about to hear with Eric, fascinating um, in a number of ways because you're getting some some really good perspective across the ACC, but also somebody who um, has watched a little closely the last couple of years and known what they were uh, and then saw Jeff Brown from afar. It's always it's always good perspective, right? You need to be grounded and rooted in perspective a lot of the times. And uh, Eric provides that uh, on the show. And I, I think for Louisville fans, there's just so much to be excited about. Of course, we don't want to get overzealous and look past Georgia Tech because we saw what happened with Syracuse last year when a team just isn't ready to play that game. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. But it does just all of this kind of screams to the importance. And this is the last thing we'll talk about here is just the beginning to start strong. Like, I think the more people we talk to, the more we get to understand what's at stake here and what Louisville has. It is so important for them to have success early on. We talk about that tech game, Jacob. I want to see us come out and just punch them in the mouth. You know, something that you would see a Satterfield team do from time to time. But if they come out and punch Tech in the mouth straight away, that sets the tone for the Brom era as a whole. That's saying, okay, this is how we're coming all year. And, you know, vice versa. Say that doesn't happen. Say we get punched in the mouth. How is this team going to respond? Are they going to start pointing fingers? Are they going to start, you know, playing the blame game? Or are they just going to say, okay, that's one play, one drive, one series. Let's bounce back. Let's play more football. And, you know, either come back or, you know, get those points back. So I, I that's what I'm really excited to see is just how we respond to adversity and how we open up with these games. Yeah, and they're an older club. I mean, when you look at some of the key starting positions, I don't think I've realized that until in this moment, right? Jack Plummer, Jawar Jordan, uh, Jamari Thrash, right? Brian Hudson, John Michael Paul Gonzalez Flores. Michael, right, Michael Gonzalez is going to be a junior having played just about every game in his entire career up to this point. You don't have juniors, um, yeah. you know, unless they've been and, full-time And Jelotti's in the year three. I mean, there's so many guys that are Keep moving going, into right. their year three, and this is a huge year for a lot of those guys. And that's why 
as we get into the show with Eric, I mean, it's there's so much unknown with this team, and you'll hear him say it a lot. There's a lot of potential. There, I mean, it, it's right there, you know, and it's all about how the guys come out and execute week one and week to week basis. No doubt, and I think, of course, we love Jack Plummer, and we are uh, not only as a podcast but as a fan base extremely excited for him to be the quarterback. But I think that if you looked at Louisville and say put Sam Hartman as the quarterback, or you put somebody on their roster who was, um, you know, more prolific or had more success winning, I think that Louisville has a little bit of a different. Um, for, I think the folks look at Louisville differently and that's fine. I don't mind being slept on heading into this year. And I I'm totally rocking with Jack at this point. Like I, I believe with everything that I've heard and now these clips that are being shared and, and shown on social media of Jack, just deep bomb after deep bomb at California, the pieces are there for you to have the, that confidence and feel like Louisville is once again, relevant again. Uh, and I'm hoping that this interview with Eric will help some Get excited about that national relevancy because that's hey, if you ain't excited now. I mean, I was ready to play football the day after he was hired. If you're not excited for Jeff Brown football now, check your pulse. Let's go ahead, let's jump in, bring Eric into the show, uh, and we will be back uh, next week with more great content as we head into uh, the season with Georgia Tech just right around the corner again. Football is back, football Football is is back. All right, we'll take a quick break, Eric, on the other side. Stick around. We're here to talk football. We're going to continue to do that. As I mentioned, we are not uh, alone this evening here on From the Pink Seats podcast after dark, a late night edition of the show on a Monday night. But we are joined by royalty around here. Uh, One of our recurring guests and good friends of the show, Eric McLean of the ACC Network and ESPN, joins myself and Vince LaCoco. How are you? Man, I'm just living the dream. I am very grateful for you guys for being flexible. This uh, this road life, man. Hey, you know, it it ain't what you think. All right. It's it's a lot and uh, crazy times. We've been going back and forth it feels like forever trying to figure out a time i'm like let's just mark this day down and sometime in this day we will get it together and i changed it a hundred times i appreciate y'all making it happen and, and being here for me it's gonna be yeah fun. I, I text jacob throughout the day i'm like so are we doing this tonight or he's like i don't know i haven't heard back from him i hope he doesn't cancel on us oh, that, those texts definitely happen we're like oh i hope that doesn't hope that doesn't happen no it's- what's your favorite part about being on the road man i'm always curious like what yeah you know, what, what it's like. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, I was talking about this before we started recording, but I I just love the, the, how informal it is on these trips because it's relaxed. It's preseason, you know, camp for players, you know, is stressful. Um, But the, the the coaches are are chill, man. We're at their house and you just kind of, kind of kick back, man. And just talk ball, you know, normally during a, a game setting, it's like, you know, everybody's on 10 you're freaking out about your play calls and not saying too much you don't you know want to give anybody the edge but now these things man they'll tell you whatever you want ask anything <laughs> they'll, they'll kind of give it to you um and, and it's fun to just be on site and to see with my own eyes man like to, to you know read stuff and hear stuff and you don't really know how it's being manipulated as it's presented to you where this when i get to go i know what the heck i'm looking at i know what i'm looking for and, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun, man. So and I'm at Duke. Uh, you know, Vince, I heard that's your favorite team, your second favorite team. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm excited, yes. Excited, excited to be here. And you know, I'll tell Coach, and they got a big supporter in Louisville. 
One hundred percent. If he needs bulletin board material, I think Jacob can just point you in the right direction <laughs> of our episodes. You can just print it off and uh, go from there. <laughs> that is fantastic. Of all places that you could do a show from live tonight, that's incredible. Hey, Florida that State got us last year, man. Yeah, I that's mean, right. That was bad. Yeah. Well, look, man. All of eight Dukes football fans will hear this, and they will be so upset, man. I let, let me Seven, ask you this: seventy-two moms, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But let me ask you, shifting gears a little bit before we talk about Louisville, one of the things that I, I've been curious to ask you about, I haven't gotten to talk to you in a while on the show here, but uh, is the experience that you got in working in the XFL this past season. I mean, we've always known you're a football guy, right? We've known that, that your playing days, you were a football guy, offensive lineman. You know, just from your Twitter, we can tell that you like to eat good food. You like a good sauce, a nice seasoning, some comfy socks, right? All the things that really round out a football guy. But the XFL is a new experience. What was that like for you, man? Because it looked like you had a lot of fun. It was so fun, man, and I appreciate you asking. But, yeah, you know, I think that it's great for the sport, right? Like like you said, I'm a football guy. I'm not a college football guy. I'm not a pro football guy. I'm a football guy. And anywhere in between, you know, with that thing. And I think there are certain ways that we can grow it and continue to build popularity. And I think the XFL surely was one of them. And, uh, you know, just the opportunity. I, I really think about it, you know, kind of selfishly from when I was playing, that that was something I needed, man. You know, I'd only played offensive line for three years of my whole life. Uh, I needed something else to keep getting better before it was, Hey, here's the best in the world. Let's see how you, <laughs> good luck. yeah, I just wasn't good enough. Um, you know, and I needed something else and there wasn't. And so I did have, you know, really personal attachment to it. And the fact of, you know, I see myself in a lot of these guys and what an awesome opportunity to, to go out there and the worldwide leader uh, on ABC, on ESPN, on, on FX uh, and, and play a football game. I mean, it, it was amazing from Thursday to Saturday to Sunday to Monday, um, you know, all these different things. So the opportunity, not only for them, but for myself to cover it and to keep growing as an analyst and do some really unique things. I mean, it, it's whatever happens, happens, man. We got a live mic on the sideline. Let's go. Let's figure it out. <laughs> the live mic thing is wild to me. I mean, that's probably like the coolest aspect honestly, yeah. of, of the game. Just hearing a guy, what he has to say after a huge Right. play and what fans don't realize is like after a guy scoops and scores or pick six is like a 70 yard run all breathe. he wants to do yeah he can't breathe he just wants to drink <laughs> right. the water and sit on the sidelines <laughs> yeah so th that was fun man and a new challenge right i've never done sideline um you know outside of like the the clemson spring games where that's just the Dabo sweeney show we just tell him to go and, and he feels all the time for us um so that was fun man a, a new thing for me and learning and great teammates and and getting to see you know, kind of a different side of football. So that, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you asking. Well, I want to waste no time. I want to ask this question very directly because this is what our audience wants to know. How differently do you feel about Louisville with Jeff Brom as the head coach? Like that just not okay. getting into the specifics, but how differently now do you feel about this team from a national landscape, relevancy, style of play, all of those things just overnight with the switch of coaches? Yeah, a lot better, right? I mean, a guy who's going to score a lot of points, who's going to do a lot of diverse things. I mean, you see what he was doing at Purdue. Like, come on, Purdue, right? Like, let's get some guys at Louisville. Let, let's get some athletes and and see what he's able to do with those guys. Now, and no disrespect, they've had some great pros. I totally get that. But um, I think they've got a shot to be really explosive, man. And, and probably going to take a little bit of time. I'm sure there's pieces throughout this roster, 41 new guys. I mean, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. but I think the opportunity is very exciting. I think that daggum Kentucky game is at its all-time importance. And I know people <laughs> – I posted something about it and all these 
little kitty cats had stuff to say, like they're irrelevant, you know, football. <laughs> I don't know why. Kentucky fans, and I'm sorry if I get you in trouble here, they're a basketball school, right? Everybody knows that. It is what it is. But they love football so much more. It is the weirdest thing. I'm like, y'all have never done anything. It's like the little brother pounding his chest, like, include me in the SEC. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. (laughs) Just chant SEC and do what you got to do. But uh, that game's important. And I don't know if it really was to the last regime. And it is now. And, uh, you know, it's something where, man, it just feels like you get that done. You get recruiting going, which they are. Who knows? You know, how quickly can this thing get ramped back up to the Charlie Strongs, the Lamar Jackson, all these guys who, you know, were doing doing exceptional things at Louisville. When you talk about Louisville this season, and we'll we'll kind of get into the specifics now, talk about those new players and what it will look like on the field. But one of the things I've been talking about for months now is how just from the start, Louisville was going to already be kind of slotted medium, you know, in the middle tier of the ACC because of the unknown around Jack Plummer. The quarterback in the ACC is all the the, the hooray this season. There's so many talented quarterbacks and, and teams are being kind of classified in order of what folks believe of their quarterbacks. Right. Jack Plummer comes in. He played for, for Jeff Brom, put up decent numbers, but really struggled in two seasons to stay the, the starting quarterback, goes to Cal, puts up good numbers. Team doesn't win a ton of games. And now here he is in Louisville. Really, it feels like the media doesn't know what to do with Louisville because they don't know what to do with him. So tell me your thoughts on on Jack Plummer, how he fits in Louisville and what you kind of expect this season. Yeah, well, I think from, you know, just from jump stream, he's a big guy, right? Like 6'5", 215. You feel really good about that and and his abilities. Now, he threw for, what, 3,000 yards last year, and I think it's 60-something percent, uh, 21 touchdowns, maybe nine picks. I mean, you feel great about it, right? But how can you boost that production? How can you get it up where we're winning football games? Um, so the the uncertainty, I totally agree with. Um, how many new people? It's it's hard, man. You just whole new staff, whole new roster. Like, what's the culture? Who knows? I mean, you got to figure this thing out live and in person. This Louisville team, uh, whatever number it is in the history of Louisville football, has a vital, vital role and importance to creating this new foundation that, you know, the Brom era is going to have. I mean, this team will have the opportunity to be forever remembered as this is when it started. These are the guys, this is what they did. And I hope they take that personally. I hope Jack takes that personally um, because Louisville is an amazing town man, an amazing city that loves their sports, loves their football. And to be quite frank, man, I, I was, I called that, that Wake Forest game last year, top 10 team coming to town. That was fun. That was fun. It was oh, fun. One but of guess fun what? Games Nobody was there to see it. Nope. It was empty. No, and I was yeah. disappointed, man, because I'd been celebrating Louisville and couldn't wait to be there and see this madhouse. And it was crickets. And, and the guys don't deserve that. The, the town's got to support. And I think they will with Coach Brom. I think that, you know, for whatever reason, I know what reasons, but you know, people <laughs> were out on set, right? They were ready to, to move on. They didn't want to support them. Um, and so that's got to be the biggest thing. But this time that we're in right now that's happening live, man, it's got such a, a vital piece of what can be forever etched in Louisville football history. And as you know, it all starts up front with the offensive line. And, you know, Louisville lost Caleb Chandler and we lost Adonis Boone last year. And, you know, new coaches, as you said, new culture uh, uh, with uh, Coach Richard Owens coming in as all new offensive line coach. Uh, So how do you feel with us losing those two guys and new offensive line coach coming in and them not being in such a uh, run heavy offense per se? Right. Well, you know, the good thing is you got Brian Hudson back, right? Like my opinion, the, the best center in, in ACC football, he's an athlete, he's smart, he's witty, super strong. 
And, you know, I, I think that he's kind of taken this challenge head on, right? Where he's like, hey, let's get in the film room. Let's get going. We have to figure this out because you're going to have a couple of new faces in these vital positions and the guys have to grow and mesh together quickly. So I, I think if, if you didn't have a guy like that, then there'd be like, okay, like who is it going to be? Who's going to step up? And maybe we don't know until the season starts. But man, when we had him on our podcast and in the show and talking to him in person at ACC kickoff, that dude is so locked in. Like I know that he's getting guys in there, not just O-linemen, but everybody. And uh, you know, it, it's going to be important to them. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the run heavy is, is something it'll be an adjustment, right? Cause they did the stretch zone for so long. Like that was the base. Yeah. yeah. I asked him that. And he said, dude, we've installed so much. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy, which that's awesome, right? You're excited to see some other things to see him get out in space, get these big offensive linemen out in space. And then just the passing concepts. It, it's just, I don't know. There felt like at times if the stretch didn't work, the offense didn't work. And I don't think yeah. that'll be the case now because there's so many options. There's so many responses. They will not be one dimensional. And I'm yeah. excited to see just every, everything play. last year was just, or the past however many years with coach Satterfield was just so much based off this yeah. play action game. We have to every, hit this big shot every, yeah. every single time. And there was really no like number two for Malik to even look at and throw the ball to, which is, you know, kind of wild when you really think about it in a right. offensive scheme wise. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, that's, I, I'm just excited to see everything open up and spread out more. And just, uh, I was laughing with some of the guys cause I knew exactly what they, what kind of playbook was getting sat down in front of them in comparison to install one of a Satterfield offense and an install one of a Brahm slash Petrino esque uh, playbook. <laughs> and they're like, man, we've got like 12 variations to go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Like, how exciting is that? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so I, I think it, it's going to be drastically different. And, and again, I, I guess the biggest pause that I have, the, the biggest reservation is just, I just don't know. I don't know what it's going to well, be. Well, let me ask know. you, what, what gets you excited then? Whenever I think, whenever I say a Jeff Brom ran offense, what is like lighting a fire under your ass? Like, let's go. Yeah. The, the potential of it, right? Like what I know he he's able to do, the, the variety that I know he's going to throw at, the formations, the motions, the personnel groupings. And like he's going to find guys, right? Like we might not know their names. I'm looking at the list and it might not be the guys that are listed first. It might be other guys, but he's going to get, you know, the playmakers out there. He's going to target guys. Is it going to be Huggins Bruce? Like who, who steps up to be the guy? Who's going to be featured in this thing? I heard a ton about Jamari Thrash. Um, just – the, the the ability to be explosive but not one dimensional is what gets me excited. But it, it's all hinging on that p word of potential and what I think it could be, not what I know it's going to be. What about the the wrinkle of the uh, ability of throwing to the running backs? I mean, I, you covered Louisville much closer than I have uh, in terms of you know being at the ACC network and and going around all of college football, really, but it just seemed like Global never really cared to get a running back involved in the passing game. Uh, and now for them, you're talking about the the weapons of, of guys like Jawar Jordan, who really had that breakout end of a season, Maurice Turner, who looked really good as a freshman. And then you bring in uh, Isaac Gariendo from Wisconsin, who when he was healthy and out on the field was dynamic. Uh, these guys are versatile. They can do a variety of things. What does that do for an offense like uh, Purdue's where, you know, Jack Plummer, one of the things he kind of specialized in was being able to, to dump the ball down and, and take advantage of that when it was there. 
it, it gives you options, right? Like it, it helps alleviate pressure. It helps get the quarterback out in the space. If he, if he knows and trusts, hey, I drop back, I see seven, I see eight, bam, running back immediately. And, and it's that automatic, you know, five, six, seven yards, and who knows what they can do after it, right? Like just get the football in their hands. And, and so to have answers to these complexity, uh, these complex defenses that we see in the league and, and that they'll see in – you know, out of conference play to, to have a guy that you trust, to have a guy that you can go to or a plethora of guys. Um, it just makes everything easier because, you know, it, it's an added weapon uh, that, that the defense a lot of times does not account for. And they're like, okay, throw it to him. Let's see. And uh, when you can have that answer, you can get it out. It's free yards. EJ Manuel says all the time, I'm hanging out with him today. He, we're watching, you know, some old tape of some teams and it's like, bam, running back, bam, get like, get it out. And it, it's hard, right? Cause guys are looking downfield. They want to throw the ball. But when you have that grasp of the offense and you can just see it, as soon as that ball snapped, you know, hey, this guy's going to be wide open. I got to get him the ball with touch. I think it's funny how you're talking about that, Eric, like the logic a defense has where they're like, okay, I'll I'll give the running back. We'll come up and make a play at five yards. Right. It's like you really trust your ability to go one-on-one with this running back in open space right now. They do. And, and they do. They're with crazy. Distance and stuff, it's crazy. It's like, oh, we'll take the five yards too on offense. But it, it's much almost, rather work with second and five. Right. It's almost the bet that you won't throw it to them. It's like a, a high risk, high reward because everybody wants to go deep. Everybody's looking downfield. And quite frankly, you know, when you look at college, across college football, I mean, you're you're not dealing with NFL quarterbacks every week. I mean, they're going through their progressions. You heat them up. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. And you take that risk of, yeah, let's leave this guy open because we want numbers somewhere else. When you look around the ACC, the coaches you've talked to, obviously there is that unknown factor of a new head coach in Jeff Brom. He, he brings a new wrinkle into the ACC. Like, what have you heard? Or like, are, is this giving opposing defensive coordinators, or do you think it will? You know, a little bit of of trouble sleeping at night when trying to play Louisville for the first time. Of like, I mean, of course you can watch these guys at Purdue, but if you go back to what he did at Western Kentucky, it might look a little bit more like that in the ACC. Right. I think, you know, quite frankly, when you look at these guys, week one, Georgia Tech, what do you watch? Do you watch Purdue? Ain't none of them players there. You look at Louisville, 41 new guys. What do you do? Um, and so, quite frankly, I, I think you you try to assume, uh, you you try to, 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 you know, just get the best of what you think, you know, you're going to see. And then you have to look at Cal to look at Jack. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's a very um, advantageous, I think, um, going into this first game where the fact that you just don't know your opponent, you just don't know what you're fighting against and you're going to have to make stuff on, on the fly. So I haven't specifically, you know, at these places, you know, asked some about any opponent, but I guarantee that that's a thing that, you know, when NC state plays in what week is that one, two, three, four, five and Boston college four and five, uh, they, they're going to be playing some catch up, trying to watch all that film of this year and get really ready. I remember back in 2018, Vince, you'll get a kick out of this because I doubt oh, you remember great. this. 2018. It's but my uh, year. ESPN did a feature of the Alabama football program leading into that game against Louisville. And I remember as Nick Saban is gathering his staff around at a table to do game planning, there's a binder behind him that's like 2013 Arkansas. Like they're going back on Bobby Petrino all the way back to Arkansas doing game planning for that game. And it's it's interesting because with Jeff Brown, like you said, where do you go? What do you watch? You really don't know. He could come out and it could be a completely different feel. Um, and when you look at how he's kind of combined the 
staff that he had at Purdue with some other guys and bringing them into the fold. It's a, it's a really interesting dynamic uh, and fans are excited. I mean, have you ever had more Louisville fans in your, in your mentions on, on Twitter than you have this <laughs> off season? I mean, o- only when I bring up uh close your ears, uh, 2016, that's the only time. That's yeah. The- right. <laughs> right. This, this is booming around here for football though. I mean, it's, that there's definitely the opportunity for Louisville to become to become relevant, and they're going to become relevant with the offense in the ACC. I mean, that, that's the thing, right? You hope that for the ACC sake, they go out and they're putting up sixty burgers on teams, uh, and they're able to to you know stand out doing that. Uh, but let's transition and talk defense a little bit because this is where things are interesting. I've made the kind of point this offseason that I think if Jeff Brom had joined Louisville back in twenty nineteen when Satterfield did, that it would have been difficult for Brom at that time to come in with defense being a little bit of an uncertainty at Purdue. Uh, he struggled to kind of find his coordinator, ultimately ended up with Brad Lambert and then into Mark Hagan and Ron English. But now there's kind of that data that shows Purdue's defense improved is significantly under these guys. And, and you combine that with Mark Ivey coming back. I mean, that's probably one of the more underrated positional coaching moves in the ACC. How do you feel about the defense? I mean, you're, you're, you're replacing a ton of talent out there, man. Three NFL draft picks. Yeah, and that, that's what's hard, right? And a couple other guys that that left. Um, but when you look at this, you know, what they were able to do last year, you know, first in points per game, first in sacks, uh, maybe first or second in turnovers created, um, guys just flying around and believing, right? I, I mean, I remember, again, that Wake Forest game, talking to those guys and, and the win streak they were on and the things that they were doing. And, you know, they just had this players meeting saying, like, let's freaking go. Like, let's come together. Let's figure this out. And let's play our tails off. And that's what they did, you know, for the remainder of the season. The defense is, was truly something that, you know, you could hang your hat on. So, you know, how do you replicate that? How, how do you salvage, you know, some of the younger guys that are left over from there? How do you bring ahead, you know, the new guys coming in? And, you know, just schematically, what does it look like? I mean, are they going to show a bunch of stunts, a bunch of blitzes and, you know, try to be this very versatile team? I mean, 50 sacks, that is Nuts. I mean, that, that's a big old number there. Yeah, good, yeah. good luck getting that one two years in a row. Right. I mean, go ahead. I mean, that's Pitt and Clemson. That's, you know, that level of consistency in this league. And, uh, you know, why not? Let, let's go make it happen. You got big, uh, you know, Gelati back there and Ashton. And, you know, h- how can he be a leader and really, you know, kind of be that guy that jolts the entire defense? I think he has that ability and, you know, opportunity in front of him. Well, Louisville just lost starting safety NJ Griffin to what is sounding like the year. Uh, you know, you being a football guy, Eric, defensively, the safety's a damn near the quarterback of the defense. Uh, him and the linebacker, we could argue back and forth on that all night probably. But how do you think that hurts the communication on the back end? And uh, how do you think that hurts the communication uh, as a defense as a whole? Because they did get better whenever they inserted NJ Griffin into the lineup last year. Right. I mean, that guy's a vet, right? He's a guy that was was supposed to have this massive year and a lot of expectation. And it's tough, man. Anytime that you take away that uh, for who I assume is, is going to be a transfer, you know, a new guy who, who's been there a couple of months. Um, not only is that a big role for them, but now the coaches are like, OK, do we have to limit what we throw at them? Do we, do we have to slow down and you know give a lot more base coverage or you know, does this guy get it enough that we can be exotic and, and throw different looks out? So the, the biggest thing for me is going to be just seeing how, how does it handcuff you, you know, defensively from a call perspective, and then, you know, look at play and say, okay, can this next guy up survive and thrive out on the field? Eric, who do you believe is going to be the MVP on the offense and the defense this year? 
We'll go just shoot me both of them in a quick explanation as to why of each. I think it's hard to give it to anybody else than a quarterback, right? Like it's just, it's where we are in football right now. Uh, so I think Jack figures it out and uh, gets it going. And and then honestly, I mean, Ashton, if he has the year that, that a lot of people think he can, um, I mean, that, that's a game wrecker, man. You know, when, when you can get after the quarterback, not only with sacks, but strips and, and fumbles and, you know, just being wreaking havoc. Uh, I, I like being on that side, kind of on the close to the line of scrimmage there. <laughs> Talk about the perfect storm for Jeff Brom in year one. Some of these additions that they've made, uh, the schedule is where, for me, it just shakes out for things to go extremely well without Clemson, without Florida State, without North Carolina. I mean, obviously, there's still big games. Pittsburgh, that North Carolina State game is massive heading into the, the Notre Dame matchup. But, of course, Miami at the end of the year. Overall, though, I mean, Louisville – Shakes out probably better than anybody in the ACC schedule-wise, right? Coach Brom is living right, boys. He's living right. <laughs> get this, to miss the big three uh, going into this year, the three-ranked teams there. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, like, th- this league, where it is right now, you know, it's disrespectful to call anybody's schedule easy, right? Now, favorable, I think, is, is more than fair to say. Um, but that NC State game is going to be interesting. I think we learn a lot about, honestly, both of those teams, uh, Louisville and NC State, uh, right there when they you know y'all travel to to Carter Finley uh, a place that's going to be packed out is that a Friday night game too it is it is a Friday night game oh, I love yeah. this that was one of my favorite away games Eric right. I don't know about you. it is beautiful up, they're crazy they they can drink in the stands and they've juiced it up with a new exactly. system and and scoreboard that looks really good so that environment's going to be nuts so you know how can we prepare because that's that's your first away game that's crazy i guess you got georgia tech kind of a neutral site um but your first true road neutral test so, site yeah, yeah right <laughs> Man, you, you talk about duke fans like come on be real. Be real. um i hope y'all travel well uh you know and and so looking at that uh, the environment's going to be tough, and and then of course you got Notre Dame, Pitt, Duke, right there. Vince's favorite team. Um, so that's a tough stretch. But to, to me, I, I again, maybe you, you Louisville folks hate it, but I cannot circle the Kentucky game enough. I mean, there were times in my tenure at the ACC Network where you were better, you were more talented, and you couldn't get it done. And it drives me nuts. I hate losing to the SEC. And I thought that that was a surefire thing and we couldn't get it done from a Louisville perspective. So that one to me is massive. And if they get that done, they go one and 11, it'll be a success for me. <laughs> 2019 was the one that bothered me the most of those years that you're probably thinking of with coach Satterfield. And who them. who was that quarterback? Was that a, a Bowden? Bowden? Yeah. Lynn Bowden. Did we oh. have- Run left, run right. Hey, Sack, tackle somebody, all right? That's what we got to do. Just tackle the quarterback. And and, and we had your classic uh, next day show up on Sunday, yardage on everybody's lockers. I remember seeing that going off the printer, and I'm like, oh, we're really going to do this right now. We're just going to throw it in the guys' faces. I mean, (laughs) good riddance. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly and, and a good riddance to what has been a very quiet few years for louisville in terms of national relevancy and we'll get you out of here talking about this this is kind of the one of the the big reasons why we love talking to you is getting that national perspective right and only so many teams are being talked about nationally at any given time and for louisville this year jeff brom gives them some of that juice they win these games they go in five and zero against notre dame they beat notre dame maybe you're talking about louisville being a top you know 15 20 team I feel like louisville is in some form or fashion back in terms of being relevant nationally and then so i think preseason wise yeah because of brom you know i, I think you get that juice but 
we all know how quickly that can go away. I mean, you lose to Boston College, you lose to Georgia Tech. I mean, opening night, I mean, have fun digging out of that hole, right? Like it's it's going to be tough to, to where you get back to that kind of promised land there. But yeah, I think if, if I'm not saying you have to go undefeated in the first four weeks, but that, that will certainly help, right? And, and then of course, what you can do at NC State and versus Notre Dame, I mean, it's a party. It's a party with the cards. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, and, and who knows where that can can get. And then just just looking at it, man, how, how do you get back there? How are you able to do those things? I, I think winning, you know, truly solves all of that. So, I mean, there, there's a couple people, man. I think Mark Packer has said this. There's one or two other people that think that Louisville is a true dark horse uh, because of that schedule, because of the unknown of what they're going to do and what they expect from Coach Brom. And uh, I'm just ready to see it. I'm glad they start in conference play quick. And uh, we're going to find out exactly who Louisville is from week one. Crazy, man. Football, like what? 10 days away from right now. I mean, it's just, it's unreal how close we are. Week zero. I need Louisville to get up in there week zero at some point, just so I don't have to wait that full extra week. I know, man. But man. This weekend, we got football on the freaking TV, baby. Come on. I've been I've been having preseason football on it. Every time my wife walks in the room, she just rolls her eyes. She's like, we're doing this again? <laughs> Next, however many months of my life, oh, yeah. my football. The football season, the schedule is written on my fridge right now. We've got all the dates marked off, the ones where we're going to be hosting for the away games and where we'll be going. And, uh, yeah, so – we're re- we're ready at my house. Hope for football yeah. season. We're That's ready, right, man. That's right. And I appreciate y'all having me. This is always one of my favorite things to do. Of course, man. We can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule. And look, if you want to talk ACC football, this is the man to do it with right here. I mean, he's just a- ACC football all day, doing his own show, doing the ACC network, doing ESPN, comes on here at night to talk about Louisville. Can't thank him enough so much. Be sure, fans, the best way you can support him for coming on and supporting us is to go subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast from, the Graham Lick and McLean podcast. Had Brian Hudson on a couple episodes ago. I agree. You got to keep that beer going. Jack Plummer right. and Brian Hudson. And are going to have the best d- d- duo of beard and mustache, mustache in the country. Yeah, mustache to uh, beard ratio. It's it's incredible, man. Eric, thank you so much. Uh, and we will hopefully see you soon, man. No doubt, bro. Appreciate you guys. Go cards, man. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. 
Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.